1: Sean Connery lived a long and full life, 90 years, uh, born about a stones throw from where I'm sitting right now.
0: A stones, so like 2.2 pounds yeah. throw.
1: <laughs> well, but, what I actually wanted to ask you about this is that, is Sean Connery your Bond?
0: I mean, if, if you say James Bond to me, unless it's been a month since I've seen um, a Daniel Craig one, you know who I'm going to say it is, and you're not going to like it golden has got <laughs> your number
1: <laughs> it's it's so hard like we are the perfect age right for <laughs> for pierce Brosnan to be the man
0: yeah i mean he was he was bond for until 2006 for us
1: yeah, yeah exactly our entire our entire formative years throughout the like the single most influential video game <laughs> of our childhood
0: i mean if what? Where we supposed to pick Dalton? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I know. That's no, I. But I mean, that, that's really the debate is like. But I think so. My question is then the other thing that I'm thinking is like people that are 10 years younger than us is Daniel Craig definitively their Bond?
0: Yes, I think okay. so. I think so. Yeah.
1: Well, anyway, sad to see Sean Connery go. Um, although I have to say that when I think Sean Connery, the movie star, I think Indiana Jones's father. I honestly do. <laughs> like,
0: I think, um, I think Escape Rush in general. Yeah, it's I think for the red. Of Off course Harbor. you
1: do. <laughs> I mean, that's, the thing is like, people are all everyone's showing pictures of him as young James Bond. I don't picture him that way. Like he's a he's a distinguished older actor to me. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about EPL?
1: Uh, well, of course I want to talk about EPL. Anytime you go four and zero in picks, you got to talk about it.
0: Yeah, so do we have to did we pick them on the pod la- last week who are, who were going to go with?
1: We did not actually. So we we should announce and I think we have we've, we've kind of settled on an interesting strategy which is like medium shots and also trying to spend spend it over as many days as possible. <laughs> I like so that, that. we yeah, I do like so that. They're interested. So we picked uh we picked the Wolves on Friday. We picked uh Chelsea on Saturday and then we picked Arsenal and Tottenham on Sunday. And they all hit this week i
0: it, it just like i didn't expect that but i also didn't expect last week for us to only get one mm.
1: i i think four is the correct number i think four is the number that gives you ups and downs
0: if we could if you hit two you basically are back to even almost yeah. almost certainly back to even and then if you hit three that means that you've done something
1: exactly and i i'm I mean, famous last words, but I'm pretty confident that we should be able to go 50-50.
0: Okay, yeah. I, I think so.
1: So this upcoming weekend actually um, uh, is a tough one. Everything is middle of the road.
0: If we want to do something on Friday, that's going to be really tough. Pick,
1: what, picking against Burnley? <laughs> I mean, Burnley? Sh- a, a team that has
0: never won versus a team that has...
1: Brighton, Brighton did get a goal yesterday. Um, I think Southampton is, if, we want, if you wanted to pick on Friday, Southampton is, is the safer pick.
0: I know, but Newcastle, it's so somehow, risky. I would take Brighton <laughs> on, on Friday.
1: This guy. I think, I think Brighton's fine. I think it's like...
0: No, do we want to pick a draw?
1: That kind of feels like a draw. Brighton-Burnley. We'll, we'll make a pick in Brighton versus Burnley, which is either going to be Brighton or draw. Chelsea's a safe one on safest one on Saturday.
0: I think that we got to go West Ham over Fulham.
1: Okay, let's all right. All right, West Ham over Fulham. Tottenham over West Brom. The Wests are not doing well this year. And then Leicester Wolves.
0: <sighs> Ooh.
1: Let's continue talking about our continuing sinker to seamer saga, a little bit of tool development, also some specific players that I want us to take a look at and ask you if you're you're interested in any of these. So, I was looking at what we did last week and upon further inspection of the overlay plot from last week where we took the ellipses of where the the densest place of sinkers and two seamers sat and the out to basically a ellipse that spanned everything. And once you laid all three of those on top of each other from the sinkers and two seamers in 2019, and the reclassified sinkers in 2020, we saw these three distributions that had a lot of overlap and maybe some differences. And I think we came down on that. You thought that they were indistinguishable. I thought there might be some distinguishing features. But my bottom line this week is that I've actually backtracked and decided that there are no distinguishing features. <laughs> mm. I I don't under there, so the thing here's what I don't understand. Looking at this, the most dense point of the twenty nineteen two seamers is above the most dense point of the twenty nineteen sinkers. but when you go out to the full span, that reverses right so they're like they're like weighted against each other in some the tighter
0: way. distribution
1: in some weird way it's not even it's not even that much tighter really like the the area that's spanned by the ninety percent ellipses is about the same between the two.
0: Well, yeah, okay.
1: But what I don't the thing that I don't understand is like the inner parts are shifted in reverse relative to the outer parts of right. the distribution, and that led me to think, oh, I, maybe we are just seeing like maybe it is just complete statistical noise in this case, and that led to your suggestion last week, which we ran out of time to do, but I think is I think we actually have the groundwork to do it, which is we gotta look at pitchers. We gotta look at specific guys. Right. So I have a list and I got fifteen <laughs> guys and I'm gonna let you pick a few. <laughs>
0: All right. Um, I,
1: I also have I also have longer versions of these in case just really nobody you just really don't agree with anyone. So here's what I did, I looked at who threw the most classified sinkers and two-seamers in 2019 and classified sinkers in 2020 and gave you who they are and how many pitches they threw, how many of that pitch they threw, Uh, which led to another interesting thing that I'll talk about at the end. So here are the guys that, the five guys that threw the most two-seam fastballs in 2019. We got Zach Davies... Mike Soroka, Ivan Nova, Zach Wheeler, Kyle Gibson. And the thing that's interesting about these guys is that these guys have all been reclassified. So now we have to think of Zach Davies as a sinker pitcher. (laughs) Mike Soroka is a sinker pitcher. Like, we have to think of them that way. They're
0: two-seam fastball pitcher now. They're a sinker pitcher. Yeah. According to the data.
1: The powers that be. No, this well, according to however Statcast is doing the classification, which we still don't know the answer to. Okay, you crossed off Kyle Gibson,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and who hasn't? (laughs) (laughs) I am interested that Zach Davies, Zach Davies, wow, does he throw a lot of two seam fastballs that are now sinkers?
1: So I will say that this is a place where Zach Davies of the, the, the crossover classification, the sinkers and two seamers this year, he threw the eighth most.
0: So I'm very interested in, in Zach Davies. Let's talk about Zach Davies more.
1: Okay. So one of the things, okay, I'll, I'll just I'll short circuit, go to this other thing and come back, which is that looking at this distribution, Zach Davies is number one on the list. By the time you get to number five on the list, that's basically... It's basically six only 60% of the pitches of the same number. So Zach Davies is throwing so many. And that led me to wonder how much Zach Davies is actually controlling the distributions that we're seeing. And thinking like, hmm, that's really not what I want. <laughs> I really don't want Zach Davies to like, I really don't want to build like a Zach Davies archetype machine. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow, I'm very explicitly trying not to do that, and so I was I was wondering I was wondering if you had any thoughts about this, which is I was maybe going to try and let some computational power go at this and do sort of a round robin, eliminate different pitchers and see if the distributions change. (laughs) Okay, well, like eliminate Zach Davies and make sure that he's not. His own weighting scheme that's throwing off the whole two seam fastball classification system.
0: Okay, and you do, can do that in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. So you'd like remove them from both distributions.
1: Yeah. So I would. So my thought is I would do that, but I would do that in a more fair way, which is that I'll randomly remove some number of pitchers from every distribution and just see. Oh, not see how one. they change yeah and that's i mean my thought is like well we we don't really have a way to quantify the the error on this right now or like the uncertainty in the discretization of individual pitchers
0: you almost might as well do that for like a full team at a time
1: that's a good idea
0: but that ends up you're you're talking about slicing a data set pretty thin and then we have the 2020 data set which is already a little bit thin yeah I th- yeah i mean i guess I let's why don't you do it with Zach Davies given how much of the pitches are his, and we can go from there. I mean,
1: it is like the the distribution of you know how many pitches each person each person in the data set is thrown are really interesting. The other thing that I was thinking is that well maybe I could normalize the weights in the sense that like every pitcher's number of pitches is weighted the same, like so I would downweight Zach Davies so that. He and Mike Soroka have the same number, the same denominator.
0: Oh, and that's... then
1: you know, assume assume that treat Zach Davies as one set of observations, Mike Soroka as another set, and then mix them all together. Instead of each, instead of because right now,
0: so instead, so in each observation would be like one Mike maybe you wait to Mike Soroka, and so then each Zach Davies pitch is actually worked like. and then Mm -hmm. each Zach Wheeler pitch is worth like 112%. Is that what you're saying?
1: That's my thought. Yeah.
0: Okay. That That makes some sense.
1: So I was thinking about kicking out players from this to try and do a better round robin sampling. Um, And part of this, this was really motivated by the two seamers in 2019 that have a really steep distribution. Sinkers aren't aren't quite as steep. Um, And maybe this is what motivated them. So the top five sinker throwers in 2019... Dakota Hudson, Jake Arrieta, Kyle Hendricks, Yanni Chirinos, and Chris Bassett. I took a look, but I took a look at this. And I, so I, I with the ellipses, I just overlaid a few scatter plots of, like, where these guys fell. Kyle Hendricks is not at the locus of the distribution. Oh, okay. Other guys are. Jake Arrieta and Dakota Hudson, both, their distributions look like exactly like the underlying distribution that was mapped out, hmm. and it's and it's also true once we get down to the guys who threw sinkers in twenty twenty. But Kyle Hendricks really stands out as um as somebody that his pitches may have been classed wrong. Like by eye, his scatter looks more similar to the two seam fastball distribution than the sinker distribution.
0: It, wait, it, it, so by eye you thought that it looked a little bit more like the two seam distribution yeah yeah
1: so the 2020 sinker distribution which is the mixture of the two top five guys now that were classed as sinker throwers number one brady singer through the most L- sinkers the heck is that my point exactly like when anytime we run one of these things and it comes up like <laughs> with a name that i've never seen before yeah interesting guy though on the royals 24 years old first season of the big leagues he's Really throwing a lot of sinkers. He threw a Kula lot. Doesn't have his weight. He threw. <laughs> he threw a. He threw a lot of pitches this year.
0: He just kind of let him Left them in, in Kansas City. Like just go.
1: I mean, that's true. But he he wasn't like the worst, considering that he he, as far as I can tell, he never pitched above double A. <laughs> And he God, appears he
0: in 1996.
1: He appears in the majors this year. He's got a 4.06 ERA, but he's striking out eight and a half per nine. So I mean, he's basically getting a, a K per inning.
0: Well, you were looking for a replacement level pitcher. There he is.
1: Anyway, I was just like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> when going through this. So Brady Singer, Zach Eflin, Zach Davies appears again. Dustin May, Rick Porcello. Yeah. I really liked most of these lists right until Rick Porcello showed up. I'm like, well, that's What are too you bad. doing here? Get out of here. Let me give you a little, I'll go a little deeper. So number 6 is Kyle Gibson again. Um I'm actually a little bit worried about guys that throw a lot of sinkers after this list. Um Adrian Hauser, Kyle Hendricks, Alex Cobb, Jake Arietta round out the top 10.
0: You know, the first time that you presented this, I I was talking about how Major League, um, organizations are usually going away from the sinker. So that <laughs> we don't see anyone like hands down elite or interesting in this group does kind of tell you something. I mean, Jake Arietta and Kyle Hendricks are the two most interesting, but we, we always know that they have some words. Zach Wheeler, I guess. Um,
1: People like Mike Soroka. I mean, I like Mike Soroka.
0: Yeah, Mike Soroka. Yes, okay. I, I mean, no one this year, though.
1: No, I don't like. I don't like anyone in the top ten this year. <laughs> like, it was, it was really kind of eye opening. Like, hmm, this is not a good way to pick these guys. Pick maybe pick against
0: guys that have <laughs> reducing pitchers. Well, kind. Of, I mean, it, right. So it kind of pitchers? it
1: kind of makes me wonder. I mean, thinking about like, well, okay, what what do we do to manage our teams using this information? And because this this is one thing that frankly i haven't done a good job of um in drafting guys before is looking at pitch mixtures and um trying to make any sort of good good statements from that and i think we're kind of in a place where i'm rounding into realizing this is a valuable piece of information and how i should maybe be picking some pitchers.
0: yeah let's do that i mean do any of these have elite k elite k per nine ratios i don't think they do
1: no. But that's because of, a
0: sinker, no. sinker ball pitcher is pitching two contact. They're not pitching two strike guys out. They're not in the prototypical three eight true outcomes variety. These they're not getting the strikeouts. They're usually not walking guys. And um they're not getting home runs don't really happen against these guys either.
1: Yeah, so actually, I mean, that's an interesting point. So I I did, and this is the last piece of information that I did, I did um, enable outcomes to be classed now and available in this data set. And it's not illuminating, <laughs> at least for this data set. And I think it's probably not illuminating for the reason that you described, um, which is that for the most part, these are these are pitch-to-contact things Um, The distributions of strikeouts and the distributions of home runs look exactly the same as the underlying distribution.
0: Well, I feel like the home runs, there's more outside of that 90% than percentage-wise, it feels like.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't
0: that be where we'd make the comparison? Strikeouts, harder to tell. Pretty close to the locus, though. It's actually just right off of the locus, which would say that the... The strikeouts are the ones that are just slightly outside of the perfect pitch. <laughs> well, or, he, but No, not the perfect. No, yeah. the perfect pitch, the one that gets you a strikeout, is slightly more difficult than the one that everybody's able to pitch. Yeah, Bingo. That would be right, whereas the home runs does look like it's kind of everywhere, but I would be interested to know what the, the percentage we, we've we've sort of gone away from from this, but did did we want to list four pitchers that we we're going to look deeper at? You're already looking pretty deeply at, I guess, fifteen guys.
1: Well, i I think we should look at I think we should look at Jake Ariana and Kyle Hendricks because the at least the two of them because they shown up as typical and not typical um, inverse. Jake Riott appears to be very typical of a sinker pitcher. Kyle Hendricks appears to be not very typical of a sinker pitcher. And then I thought maybe we should pick the two guys from this year that are up and coming, like young guys, because we have, we have otherwise there's not a ton of young guys on this and do look at Brady Singer. And I think we should look at Dustin May also.
0: Ooh. Well, but I, I feel like Zach Davies is important here as someone who's Across both distributions, both years.
1: Okay, I'm happier to do Zach Davies. I kind of wanted to look at. I mean, I I want to look at guys that we think. I want to look at Jake Arrieta and Kyle Hendricks for getting a key understanding of the distribution, and then I want to look at guys a guy that we might actually want to own. (laughs) Maybe we should look at Mike Soroka instead of Brady Singer.
0: I think. Well,
1: all right. So we got our we got our guys.
0: and we can you can try that. You can see if you can figure out something on that round robin. But I'd rather dig. dig really deep into the um a couple of pitchers.
1: same so i will i'll send you distributions for those guys and then we can watch them and see what to make of it
0: i think that about brings us to the review session wade davis
1: wade davis uh where's he gonna pitch next year (laughs) he was released by the rockies at the end of september uh anyway Wade Davis uh logged two saves this year, only four point one innings. A little concern, little concern there. Um strikeouts per nine way down at six point two three. He had some bad, bad outings. He ended the year with a twenty point seven seven ERA.
0: That's not good.
1: No, it's it's not good. It, it's you know, it's really bad when your FIP is twelve point eight eight. <laughs> his ex-fip 7.44 and i mean you know sure we can make a couple of concessions for him being in colorado but that's worrisome
0: his last two years have been rocky
1: oh i see what you <laughs> did there yeah i mean the closer for colorado is an un enviable job especially one where like especially one where you're basically just traveling between western ballparks
0: <laughs> yeah um your opponents are difficult the ballparks are difficult your home ballpark is the most difficult it's not an, an yeah it's an, an enviable job but
1: he's going to be owned next year right in in MLB.
0: You mean he's going to be employed next year? Yeah, I think so. I hope that he realizes that he can't get the same money that he wanted to get in Chicago, which is why he...
1: Exactly. So is is he going to be... So then I'll just short-circuit it. Is he going to be fantasy important? Maybe. I'm sort of of the opinion that he's got a Fernando Rodney year in him.
0: Yeah. In the right location. Oh, yeah mark melanson
1: exactly he throws an interesting mixture of pitches now i'm in my big like what do they throw <laughs> style thing i mean he's got fastballs cutters curves change-ups
0: yeah and he's in 2019 he did nothing great except for fastball spin rate
1: all right well let's leave it at let's leave it at this one thing which is that Wayne davis is just not an interesting guy it's hard to that... get excited
0: <laughs> i think that is true I think that he went from being, I think he went from being an interesting guy to not.
1: I mean, even even like staring down his delivery and like, is there anything unique about this? Like, no, he just kind of throws the ball.
0: But this is the important thing. His, this is what what I was expecting to see. His main pitch is his four seam fastball. Mm-hmm. Great, we like that in a closer. Twenty fifteen, it was ninety six point five. Twenty sixteen, it was ninety five point seven. 2017, it was 94.4. 2018, it was 93.8. 2019, it was 93.2. And 2020, it was 91.4. That's a direction.
1: Yeah, it's it's not. It's he's ripe for a uh, for a reimagining.
0: <laughs> and he hasn't. There hasn't been one pitch that he's added that has really taken up a percentage. Other, I mean, I guess the change up he throws more more of the changeup, but that's, that's dangerous.
1: Well, he's, I mean, the gap between his fastball and changeup is shrinking, right? And that's bad. (laughs) That's, that's what you don't want.
0: Yeah. He really needs to have, I'm, I'm surprised that he hasn't tried to develop that cutter.
1: Right. It feels like, it feels like developing the cutter and the curve, frankly, would do, would do him a world of good. And that's how he, to my mind, that's how he gets a Fernando Rodney rebirth here. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but we know the curveball isn't really a great pitch for for a closer, so but he's, maybe but, he needs to trash that.
1: I don't know. The benefit to the curve is that it's so much slower than his fastball. I mean, he is not... I guess I would never draft him thinking that he was going to be a strikeout closer. Right, He's going to have to be a contact closer.
0: I'd kind of like to hear the story where he goes to like... Um, what I like Minnesota where it's like a team that is competing that is good that does not have a done closer great we can always trust on him guy and they're putting him in there and you see him not set in the eighth inning but is like in there in some really high pressure situations he's the guy that you're supposed to watch over the season to wait for the Closer of your team falling apart, <laughs> getting hurt, right? Yeah, but yeah, I don't think that he's going to be. I doubt that he's going to be the the starting closer for a team, unless it's like some team that's doing something really dumb, like the Red Sox, who are just going to be like, "We're going to compete this year. We're going to spend a hundred million dollars to compete because we got rid of the best player in baseball." We haven't talked about the World Series, by the way. Didn't that finish this week?
1: It did. <laughs>
0: I mean... We kind of talked about it last week. Anyways, I I don't want him to go to a team where he's going to have the job on day one for a team that is trying to spend a lot of money on players that were good three years ago. I'd rather him go fight for the job on a team that is competitive this year, and either he becomes a really good member of the bullpen, and then you're able to pick him up in May, late May or he fails, and then you never pick him up.
1: (laughs) It's just hard to get excited about Wade Davis. (laughs) So I guess I would say my advice would be don't draft him, but watch him in May. Yeah. Watch him in April and May.
0: April, and then see where he is in May. Yeah. All right, Michael, who are we going to do next week?
1: I want to continue in this same vein, somebody that is teamless right now, and I want to know if he's going to be interesting. He's got the 17 most saved, 17th number of most saves in the past three years. Sergio Romo.
0: Oof. <laughs> All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy.
1: Worst of luck to you, too.